Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band? Uh, I am Jeffrey Paul. Uh, last week, last week, uh, or last episode, uh, we were talking about, uh, with Alan Fuchs, uh, some of the best concerts we've ever seen, best concert experiences we've ever seen. Well, there's a flip side to that. What are some of the worst concerts we've seen? What are some of the worst concert experiences uh, we've been through? So today, I'm going to introduce my co-host, who I spent the weekend with. We were up in Poughkeepsie at Laugh It Up. Give it up, everybody, for Sean Morton. Oh, Jeffrey, what a what an amazing weekend, wasn't it? It was fun, man. It was, good. it was always good hanging with you. Oh, it's a great hang. But you know that your last show is always great when, like, you get your your time gets cut because there's only eleven people. <laughs> And then, they, then you, you decide that you want to end the night by buying gas station beer and drowning yourself to sleep. It's always or, great. Or you could you could drive two and a half hours and think about that last show. Like, oh, no, what no. happened? Because what happened before doesn't matter. It's only what happened on that last show. Yeah, the two shows were were great, and you you know you did fantastic on on both shows. You know, I think I had great sets towards the end, and you know it's always good with like you're the headliner and you they go yeah do whatever time you want. You know, and I pushed it. You know, a couple shows doing like you know fifty to close to an hour on some of them, and then the last one it's like twenty nine minutes is fine. I'm totally fine with that. Well, that that is that's a perfect segue into what we're talking about here today. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We're, sometimes we've seen the best concerts, and we're going to be talking about some of the worst concerts. And what better guy to talk about this with than one of the best comics in New York City? And this fucking guy is, he really is great. I, I love, I've never, ever seen him have an off night. He is one, easily one of my favorites. Please give it up for the very funny Mr. Richie Redding. How are you, Rich? Yay, thank you. Uh, I, I love how it, 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 we're also incapable of introducing people without trying to get an audience to clap for them, even when it's <laughs> give it up for this guy. <laughs> I love, I love how Jeff, had, Jeff has like three pictures behind him. I have my r- ridiculous, stupid man child office, and Richie has a fucking elephant behind him. Yeah, this we like, know about this that. It's going to be the greatest podcast I've ever, ever done. I guarantee <laughs> it. With the worst backgrounds. Wait, are you saying that this is a bad background? This is the mural from my Scarface. girlfriend's bat mitzvah. Oh my god! Why did she have that for her bat mitzvah? Lisa saves the planet and the animals was the theme of the bat mitzvah. Oh, oh she was a she was into being a, a vet even back then when she was thirteen years old. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's wow. great that she knew exactly what she wanted to do. That you, reminds, you wanted to. It reminds me of the Rich, backdrop. Did you know that you wanted to be a vet? Oh, no way. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Rich, did you know that you wanted to be a comic when you were 13? I was always fascinated with comedy. And, like, you know, when I when I was sick and I was allowed to, like, rent as many movies as I wanted, I got, like, you know, when I was, like, 13, 14, I would get Carlin specials and, like, prior and, and shit like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I always knew I wanted to try it. And then uh, it wasn't until I started working a desk job that was soul sucking that I was like, yeah, it was basically like when I realized that uh, everybody defines themselves by what they do. I was like, if I have to do that, if that's the rules to life, then I at least want to do something cool. It's very true. Very good. Uh, yeah, that, that that is pretty cool. And, and it's great that your wife had that calling. My wife is uh, your girlfriend. My wife is a uh, is a vet as well. Yeah. And she also knew, I think, when she was a little kid that this is what she wanted to do. There was no other there was no plan B for her, you know, yeah. so to speak. And I'd imagine uh, she's not at all a type A personality and is super easy to deal with all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. She she she's easy breezy. Yeah, she's not type A. She, right, she goes with the flow. She doesn't bust chops. Right, no, no, it's nothing like that. Yeah, she's <laughs> she, oh, it's so easy. Yeah, especially like an Italian. Yeah, oh, she's so easy to live with. Oh, she just, yeah, she just she drinks, she just drinks in, in the closet, being married to Jeff. That's all she does. She just sits there at night with a bottle of friggin' vodka, and crying herself to sleep. <laughs> What are you spying on me? Let's let's talk about some of these the worst concerts. Like, like when I asked Richie to do this, I asked him if he's a music guy. I always wanted to get Richie on the show because I think I always think Richie's an interesting guy. He's very very funny. But you know, we're a music show, and uh, he doesn't really have 
like a band right. or, or a particular genre of music that he kind of like, you know, really kind of like connects to me. He, he's, he's, you know, he's like a lot of music fans, he likes a lot of different types of music. But we started talking about concert experiences and we started you started telling me a funny story about uh, one particular concert. So let's let, let's uh, let's roundtable a couple of different uh, concerts. I will start so, with you, Rich. Tell me tell, yeah, tell well, the story uh, that you were telling me. Right. Well, I want to preface it by saying that, uh, you know, it's like I kind of music is definitely a part of my life and I always have something on in the background and there's like different, there's definitely different stages of my life that, that I connect to different bands and different, different genres and stuff like that. And that, you know, I can get easily transported back, but um, I also it, it, like, when you ask me about doing it, it's like, I, I don't want to put myself out there as an authority of any band, because if I do something, I want to do it well. But what I do think I can talk about pretty well is that I've had the privilege of, uh, of attending some of the worst concert. Well, actually the single worst concert in the history of America, I will go as far <laughs> as to say this. And, and I, it's a first date topic for me that like, I'll always ask a girl, you know, back when I was dating, I would always ask a girl, what's the worst concert she's ever been to? Because I know I'm undefeated in it. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I would start, I would throw out a little bit of chum in the water before we get to the big one that um, when I was, I think 10, I saw one of the saddest things of my life, which was at the Ringling Brothers Circus when they came to town, Tiny Tim went out and ate He was a warm-up for elephants? Dude, he went out there and ate his balls harder. (laughs) I've never seen a musician bomb. (laughs) like uh, straight up like because like the other story is like it it was at least ridiculous i mean he was savagely booed by a boy scout troop and like and and all and the thing about if if you eat balls at a circus the crowd is armed with peanuts and that poor bastard, like he must have just been contractually obligated to go out there and do 10 minutes. They started booing at the minute mark and he at a circus at a circus with children. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the children were the ones booing. I mean, this was, this is probably 88 and it, a, a, a troop and no multiple troops. There was a whole side of boy scout troops were At the time just, it's 88. He's already like well past his prime oh, yeah. and really creepy. If you, sure, do you know who Tiny Tim is? I, you know what's so funny? I haven't thought of Tiny Tim in about thirty years, and then <laughs> those two words came out. I also have a Tiny Tim experience too. So oh. don't worry. Did you boo him? Because like it was actually like I was there with my parents, and like once they started booing, I was like, oh, and my dad was like, get me one of these, so I didn't get to join in in the on the reverie. Did he sell merch? Uh, not that day. I had one of those experiences too. Like you always remember and like you forget after a while. As soon as I heard those two words, I can remember being probably about the same age, like 10, 11. And he was a guest on like a street parade in Jersey City. Mm-hmm where they would just, it would be like a Memorial Day or something like that. And he was on a float and he just kept playing tiptoe through the tulips like four times up and down the street. It's all he did. And people were losing their fucking minds. Like they were throwing shit at the float. Because this is like not a great area of Jersey City either. So it's like, there's like four white people, like 149,000 Dominicans, and they have no idea who this guy is. There's like one old lady who's like cheering him on because she probably saw him when he first came out. Uh, so right. it was the Heights. And established. He, it, it was in the Heights. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. When we said uh, Dominicans, I know. Oh, yeah. And I, I can remember just this big, imposing dude because he was kind of tall with like looking half Hulking. dead. He looks yeah. like Tommy Wiseau's father. The guy from and, the room. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated with. Just listen, whenever he says something stupid, Richie, like which he will do multiple times during his podcast, just go completely silent. I mean, it was a deep cut, Jeff, for sure. <laughs> but 
uh, sometimes it's just for me, Rich. No, and he did look half dead. Like he had that freaking weird, like almost like mind pain on his face, but then like the sunken eyes. But the thing looking back at it as professional entertainers, like we know how this stuff happens right so it was like at one point somehow it was some star search thing or some shit like that that like got him some some recognition and he was this weird novelty act that like he legit toured for a while but then you know his his career must have been in the shitter and his agent came to him and was like look i've got a gig ringling brothers right fuck man fuck so it's kind of like going from a thousand people at the hard rock in atlantic city to 11 in poughkeepsie is what you're telling me dude yeah i mean i i can i can totally when i was on tour with cat williams i I literally one time i I called it suicide mondays that i went from twenty thousand people in atlanta to uh three norwegians a black guy and a gay dude at the pair I was going to say, how to be the pair. Precipitous <laughs> drop off. <laughs> yeah, really. But yeah. Now, how many songs did, did um, Donnie Tim do at this concert? I think it was three. I can't believe Sean knows the name of Tiptoeing through yeah. the. That was his biggest. That was his biggest. He had. Through the tulips. And he played is, the uh, ukulele. Yep. That is savant that you know that. that oh, is, yeah, you'll buckle in. Okay, that is really something. Well, okay, if that's the case, then if you know songs from the guy that uh, that that we're building towards here, then wow, I'm I, I'm <laughs> giddy with anticipation. But yeah, it was three songs. But like, what was a good gig going in between monkeys on motorcycles and an elephant? Like, what was the high end? <laughs> of tiny tim's experience was it like was there one that he was like oh man i wish it was like back in in make them <laughs> fuck tiny tiny you know tiny tim he when he died they buried him in his costume with the ukulele that's Not because he only had one suit <laughs> very possible well, well, you know he <laughs> He that became, wasn't a, a, came, in memoriam. That was just a cheapskate family. Yeah. yeah, he he became to prominence when he went on the Johnny Carson show, okay. and he was and he was just kind of like you know he was kind of like a whack packer, kind of like a weird guy, and then wound up going into doing like these. Uh, he wound up doing, like being a guest like on different TV shows. I remember one show he was on. If you guys remember a show called Love American Style, yeah, and he played a vampire that was in love. Really? Hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, he, yeah. He, so he wound up being like on on various TV shows, and then he wound up getting some notoriety in the eighties. You know, maybe which is why he got he wound up getting the big Ringling Brothers gig because he was a frequent guest on Howard Stern show. Mm. And would yeah. appear like you know, like when Stern did live appearances, he would show up and he he'd do tiptoe on on tulips. Wow. But I hate to break this to you. According to uh, Wikipedia, when he died, he was worth $53 million. Get out of here. Uh, that cannot be true. Ch- let's change that for them. <laughs> <laughs> because he was literally making peanuts that were getting thrown at him. Right, exactly. And there you did. We just went full circle on Tiny Tim. But unless he's, I mean, dude, maybe he was just one of those people that was like, a gig is a gig. And it was just like, he's going to work no matter what oh, yeah. kind of person. I mean, dude, the the level of performer insanity that you have to have to never take a night off. If you have $50 million and you're taking float gigs, I mean, well, did you ever see that Joan Rivers documentary that she put out like right before she died? I've seen pieces of it. I know her work ethic was insane. It's a really brilliant uh, documentary if you're a comedian. And it it shows her like literally going over her calendar. And she's like booking like a retirement home in the Bronx on a Tuesday at 2.30 because she had nothing to do that day. And this is like probably one of the top five greatest comics of all time. Yeah. So that ridiculous work ethic, you know, so I, I kind of understand that. 
All right, Sean, what what would be one of your worst concerts before we get to Richie's classic? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I remember one concert being so bad um, that we actually left like halfway through and I was not one of the only ones. There was like thousands leaving was Bob Dylan. Mm. And I was I yeah. was probably like I was in my teens because I was up in New England at the time. So, yeah, I can remember just sitting there like I'm being all excited because I had heard the name and like I was starting to get into that. My uncle would like, you know, hand down records to me and stuff. And when I got to the concert, it was just like this weird, shitty vibe at the concert. And he only played acoustic and he was I mean, he's off key to begin with, no matter what. He's not the greatest singer in the world. Yeah, he changes his arrangements a lot, too. Way and I can remember after like three songs, people were booing him. And it was like one of those outdoor <laughs> like outdoor spaces where it's like in the summertime, it's like 100 degrees. So everybody's just buying beer and dump on their heads because they're all just, sweet, <laughs> you know, and three songs in, he lost them. He just completely lost them. I think we left about six songs in. It was just so bad. And people were just literally standing up. And it wasn't like one of those situations where like if you're at a concert and you leave, you can make a quiet exit. This is a place where you had to bring your own lawn chair. So like, how, you, did you, how long did you travel to go to this show? Well, I used to go to Massachusetts in the summer times, so uh, it wasn't that far. So, but it, like, people was were it making, Tanglewood? Tanglewood, yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> how yeah. do you know that, Rich? Uh, it's the only outdoor venue I've ever been to in Massachusetts, and I had to bring a lawn chair. <laughs> yeah, so it was so so people were making like that's like, a matter of factly. I know what's the truth. Huge ruckus. You know what I mean? So everybody's like getting their shit together. He's trying to sing, uh, you know, blowing in the wind or whatever. And they're like, get the cola, get the cola. You know, just like (laughs) stuff like that. Fucking horrible show, man. Just absolutely horrible. I saw him in like 98, I think. And it was, it was the same thing, but indoors. It was just, it was unintelligible. Yeah. But it was like it was also like cheap enough tickets that it was like, all right, you know, we, we took a gamble on this one. It's a bust. But what's crazy is that I think like two, two or three years ago, Max, it was you know obviously pre-COVID. But I had a friend tell me that they were going to see Bob Dylan. And I was like, good luck, dude. Like, because right. it, it sounded like he was it sounded like somebody was playing a comb when he was talking or singing. <laughs> And, uh, and they were like, dude, it was great. Like understood every word. So somehow between age 70 and 90, he somehow found it again. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he, turned, he turned it around. He, yeah. He just turned 80, uh, about a week ago. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, one, one of like the saddest shows I've ever seen, um, it was Night Ranger. You know the band Night Ranger? Sister Christian? Yeah. Never heard the song? It, I know that. Was, yeah. Okay. They, they had a big hit with Sister Christian, Don't Tell Me You Love Me, uh, Sentimental Street. You know, they had, they had a bunch of big hits. They were big in the uh, 80s and 90s. And uh, I think it was that, I always get Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods mixed up. I believe it was Mohegan Sun. And they had this space called the Lion's Den. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was basically... I mean, Sean, we may have doubled on the last show on Saturday what came out to see Night Ranger that night. Wow. I'm telling you, if there were six to eight people who were only there for Night Ranger, you're, it's a free show. And they're playing in the middle of a casino and people are walking by and you're hearing ding, 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 ding. And, 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 and all the ruckus of, of, of a, a casino floor and people walking by and no one paying attention. And then you have these guys well past their prime, you know, like, don't tell me you love me. And, you know, doing back to back and trying like to be rock stars and like, ah, uh, you're not like a doing comedy at Parks Casino where they had you <laughs> in the middle bar. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh shit. Yes. Oh. Yes. I was, and, and that curtain certainly was able to Yo, keep out, all, out the, all the, the sound. periphery noise outside. Oh, yeah. Right. But that, uh, except I, there was no curtain for, I for, love a Sonic for a Night curtain. Ranger. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> But there's no curtain for Night Ranger, and it was it was just really, really sad, man. Like, you know, and now for the next, and like you know, they, they can't even get banter going with the audience, and it's just like you know, you, you take it because it's a gig, and that's it. Yeah, I mean that that's the equivalent of when uh, it it was like 
after the fights dried up, after he got out of jail, Tyson at one point was, uh, was sparring in a casino, like just, yeah, it was like, it was in like New Mexico or something. And people were like smoking cigarettes and it's like, Hey, the champ is here. And he would just like throw punches at some pads but it just yeah, I mean, like it just it's like Pete little... Rose would. Pete Rose would like have a residency outside this like sports memorabilia store. Oh in yes, Vegas. in Vegas, he would just bring yep. stuff. Like if it wasn't there, he would just show up in front of another casino like sports store and just pop up like a, <laughs> a folding table and would sell autographs and pictures and stuff. It was so pathetic. Charlie Hustle, that's the original pop up store right there. Apparently. Bring your own table. I had another experience at a concert that was both good, amazing and horrific all in the same time. So I'm a huge uh, fan of System of a Down. Mm -hmm. Love the band. And uh, they weren't touring around here too much. So a couple of years ago, we decided to uh, take a trip and we went to uh, we flew out to L.A. and San Diego to see them. So out in L.A., it's kind of in the offskirts in uh, San Bernardino. There's a, a great, amazing venue. It's It was called the San Manuel Amphitheater at one point. So it was kind of like sunken in into these mountains. And it was absolutely gorgeous. We had been out there before to see uh, like Slipknot for a couple of years before. And so it's this magical, beautiful place. It's a really but idyllic setting to see Slipknot in. It, well, it's kind of cool because like it's like <laughs> it's on like 26 acres and they had like three stages for them. And like it was just gorgeous then. But we had uh, VIP parking for that show. So I didn't realize how bad the next one was going to be. I tried to get VIP parking and they were sold out. So this place is a monster. Like that's really the only thing in this area. And they had 14 parking lots. But unlike some of the venues that are around here, like PNC does the same thing. They have like five parking lots, but they have shuttle buses that'll take you back and forth to the venue. So you're not walking very far. This did not. Uh, it started off nice at the show. But we had to park in the last lot, the very last lot, which was, Ooh. I think, two miles away from the venue. Oh, I hate that. So we literally walked two miles to the venue. Uh we had the wrong tickets. We had the tickets for San Diego instead of the San Bernardino tickets. They were on my phone, but because we were so sunken in the valley, I had to walk a half a mile back just to get <laughs> cell phone service to, to screen cap the new tickets that I needed. So I'm now I'm getting pissed because I'm fat. I don't want to walk, you know? So we go to the concert and right when system comes on, it is a fucking monsoon. I mean, it is downpouring like I've never seen before, and it's completely wide open. So, of course, you're standing out in the rain. You're trying to get into the show, and you're into it, but, like, you you also don't want to die in ammonia at the same time. Yeah. Great show. They played two and a half hours in the rain. Now we have to walk two hours, uh, two miles back to our car. Which, if you're fat, is two hours. It, it really is. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. much, yeah. And I was a lot heavier back then, so you're not that far off from that, too. <laughs> we finally get back to How much car. did you sweat? Well, I couldn't tell. I couldn't t tell the difference in the sweat and the fucking monsoon <laughs> that was hitting my brain. But uh, we finally get back to the car and we notice that like nobody's moving. And there's one lane to get out of this parking lot area. And there's, mind you, there's 14 lots. So there was about 60,000 people at this concert. And they start by lot one. And we were in lot 14. It took Ugh. us four hours to get uh, out of the parking lot literally uh, four hours we brutal. sat there it was getting to the point where like we were actually getting panic stricken like what if somebody like died like what if somebody had a heart attack what if you had to take a shit like that's the, the, the kind of things that you start thinking about Pete guys are just pulling it out peeing anywhere like it was a it was a madhouse and we were calling like the local police department saying like you know hey what is going on here and they go you just gotta wait it out that's how it is at every show Every show, every show. Yeah. So it was like four hours in the rain just to literally drive seven minutes away to our hotel. Ooh. Fuck. See, when I, when I was on tour, Sean, that's what I used to do. Um, we, we used, we used to be the guys that if we were playing venues that weren't traditionally concert venues, you know, we came up with those plans. How, how do you get people out of the parking lot? You know, uh, what if there was an emer emergency? Emergency is definitely a big thing. And 
uh, after 2001, after 9-11, um, everything changed because, you know, we're, we're gatherings of over 50,000 people. You had to deal with the feds and there was a lot of troubleshooting. So that's what I wound up doing uh, a lot of the time. And, you know, the last tour that I did was uh, the Holly Davidson tour. That was um, Journey, uh, Ted Nugent and like Billy Idol, but band would switch on and off on, on this tour. Who, who would uh, you know would come on, and yeah, that was like a big thing. I remember at, we were at Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, and that was like a weekend, and we, and we would get there almost three weeks before the show to set, start setting everything up. And one of the big things was okay, how do we get people out? We're expecting you know between sixty and hundred thousand people. How do you get them out? How do you get them out in a timely fashion? And you know what? Sometimes the crowd helps you. What they wind up doing, a lot of these, you know, especially when you're down south, I guess, you know, it's down south, middle America, places that, that aren't huge, you know, you know not, not New York City or Los Angeles. Um, a lot of people that say, fuck it, if, if the show ends on uh, Sunday, we'll just leave Monday morning. And they, they hang out and they camp and, you know, you just kind of make sure that they're safe. And that's why we, we, we would get there early. We would ha- you would hire local security. But you also had to keep an eye on local security because you don't know who, who these guys yeah. really are. They could be bonded mostly, and everything. Mostly Hell's Angels, but uh, what could Probably. go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm known for being that guy who's like who will leave like at the last song of the encore, even though it's like if if it's the band's most popular song, I'll be like, no, 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 we gotta beat the fucking traffic. I gotta get out of here. That's well, why it's I love- a band you, you've seen more than, than once. Well, yeah, but like even when I saw Guns N' Roses like that seven times in that one summer. Like I would always leave before Paradise City because that was their, always their last song, and it's like one of my mm. least favorite Guns N' Roses songs. I was like, "Fuck it, I'd be I'd be on the turnpike before the song was even over. I would run right out of the stadium and be out of there." Dude, nobody <laughs> more plainly like works the crowd for a uh, for an encore like St- the Steve Miller band that like <laughs> Never I don't see. Dude, he plays Steve Miller Band's greatest hits, one through fourteen. Skip seven, I believe, is Joker, right? And and people are like, "Dude, he didn't play Joker. He didn't play Joker." And he like walks off, like he's like plays himself off, like hmm. And they're Wait, like, "Can you turn your head again?" Because that is like a fucking epic moment. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 shit. Yeah. Shit. yeah. Wow, you can easily yeah. get him play. Buddy, uh, yeah, they call that the Lord's favor right there. Holy <laughs> wow, you are like one very worst rock concert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was my project during the quarantine. Oh, that is epic, dude. Yeah. It used to be high and tight. Now I can feather it, brother. <laughs> oh, like it's all about dirt. kid rock these days. Yeah. Fucking Richie Dirt. But <laughs> but um yeah, Steve Miller, it's like you know, the crowd's like, dude, he didn't play Joker, he didn't play Joker, and he plays himself off, like looking at him, and it's like the phones come out, and he like it's like five seconds and he comes back out and starts playing Joker, like, oh, he's gonna play Joker, thank God. Yeah. Like, did you not know that he was gonna close with Joker, dude? Come on. Yeah, exactly. I thought he closed with Abracadabra. No, nothing. Oh, you, did, I, you don't know that song? I, I, well, I we do. It. Richie just followed directions when you when you threw a stinker out. He just stopped talking. Which is great. Yeah, I just I wanted to see you panic like the free the screen froze. <laughs> I like this guy. This is great. Uh, okay, I already I, I tell the fucking direction this show's going in. It's gonna be beat up on Jeff Day. Okay. All right. I'm I'm, I'm prepared now. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> you know, to, to piggyback on on your story, Sean, uh, an, an awful awful show again this was a, but this was a working one um i was doing you ever hear the band fish oh god yeah, yeah. okay so it's that, fish that would have doctors. been my band like i told you if i had to yeah. pick one that would have been your band at a certain point yeah i hate that i hate <laughs> this band um it's great nah, it was it was fish widespread panic and spin doctors mm-hmm. and we were up in, I think I was telling you this, we were up in upstate New York. I think it was on or near Arrowhead Ranch and everything about the weekend was brutal. I mean, it was an outdoor show. Uh, in the shade, it had to be like 98 degrees. You know, it was just like the sun constantly beating that down on you. You had uh, like jerk off people, um, people who were just, again, 
if the shows were uh, Saturday, Sunday, they're coming in on Thursday, not bathing this whole time. Um, they're just or the like, week before oh, that. <laughs> or the week before that. Uh, <laughs> that you, it, it wasn't uncommon just to see like these like, 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 like you see people outside fucking, but it's not like in the movies where like they're hot. That it's just like two wildebeests. It's it's just like real, like nasty, nasty shit. And you're just irritated because your day starts at around eight in the morning, and you're probably wrapping up close to midnight. And it's just a long, hot fuck day of just getting just pelted with sun and no relief. And like even like when we and when we would go back to the hotel, they put us up at Villa Roma and Villa Roma doesn't have air conditioning. OK, in the summertime, because it's not a summertime place down. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Fuck yeah, you. If I show up to a hotel, and it's especially <laughs> supposed to be a resort and there's no AC. Oh, my God. It was a winter type. I, I can't of think of anything place. worse. Yeah, it was, it was it was brutal. It was brutal. The only I think I was telling you, the only accommodations that were, were absolutely the worst was we were up on a, a Yaga's farm where the, the original site of Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like a Woodstock reunion. It was like half Woodstock reunion where they had original guys like uh, Richie Havens and a couple of, you know, other bands like that. I think 10 years after uh, was there as well. And then they had like some newer bands like um, uh, Third Eye Blind played one night. And uh, I remember Stevie Nicks was there. Uh, but the accommodations were an old, it was a hotel that was turned into a meth clinic. Okay. And there were th- me, it was me and my two friends. Wait, in a room methadone? Well, the me- methadone well, clinic? Going- I don't think there's meth clinics. Okay. Well, no, that was the guy. That was the guy at table four last night, Jeff. <laughs> it, was a, it was a residential, and we we're in this room. And my friend Fred, who is now Springsteen's road manager, he, me and him were roommates with this other guy, uh, Steve Yako. And in the middle of the night, Fred starts moving his bed near mine. And I know Fred for years. I'm like, Fred, what the fuck? He's like, there's a mosquito nest above my bed. And it's, they're just dripping down. They're just falling down on them. It was so like, disgusting. Larva are falling on him? Oh, dude. Mosquitoes. That, mosquitoes dude, are just that, dropping just down. Flashback. I, I did stitches in fucking Lancaster, like, I don't know, a million years ago. And I stumbled into the room. They put me in the basement room and I turned the light on and there were bugs that were about like four inches long that were just running all over the walls. And I freaked out because I thought there were like roaches. And the guy came in and he was like, oh, no, man, we can't give you a new room because we're sold out. Don't worry. Those are just stink bugs. I'm like, what do you mean (laughs) stink bugs? He goes, yeah, you step on and they stink. Yeah, so yeah, if you the, kill them, the showers you, never you suffer more. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, what a fucking flashback that was. Jesus. Uh, dude, Rich, so, you got another st- bad oh, concert yeah. story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, well, also, you, you gave me a good lead in with fish because uh, I think I was a senior. No, I'm, I might have just graduated from college. And uh, I, I know that's when it was because I had a leg immobilizer on because I broke my leg the last day of school, drunken wrestling. And uh, I had done a ton of shrooms at this point, but I got a wild hair up my ass that at this fish concert, I was going to take acid. And I just walked around. So kids, don't do this. Just walked around to a bunch of strangers be like, do you have acid? Do you have acid? Do you have acid? And uh, finally, you know, got some. Did you some. know what you were taking? Huh? Did you know what you were taking? No, that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, I was like walking around with the beer and, and like, you know, they, somebody pointed me, it's one dirty patchwork hippie pointed me to another dirty patchwork hippie. And uh, this guy was like, a, he was a human hacky sack. And he, uh, he he sold me it was like yeah like you know take two hits because uh that'll that'll keep you going and he's, he's like have you ever done it before I'm like yeah, yeah yeah and uh so he just he puts two hits of something into my beer i don't feel shit 
until and it's like an hour that i'm like waiting for it to come on nothing and it's like fish is on stage at this point and people are kind of like you know rushing towards it was at the tweeter center so it was it was like lawn seating and then yeah there's there's always the crush once the band comes on so i'm like like it's swinging the mobile the leg immobilizer and then it was like it hit so fast that it was like i think i'm going to boom like, I don't remember falling. I just remember waking up and there's 10 people standing around me. And I was with this girl that I like, that I like, that like, you know, she was a hippie chick, but she was just like a weed chick. And just like, just everybody standing around me. And they like helped me to my feet. I was like, how long, like, how long was I out? They're like 20 minutes. Like, oh, shit. Wow. Like, and you didn't call like some kind of authorities over. They're like, yeah, well, we didn't want you to like get arrested. So like, okay. And some guy helps me like to the bathroom. And and like as <laughs> and soon as I think Richie knows his underwear is around his ankles. So, <laughs> so as soon as we uh as soon as I start walking, it's just me and this guy, some dude <laughs> walking by and he goes, Oops, and he points at my crotch, full on pissed myself while I was out. Oh. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> and then I just like had to and, and like by the way never tripped i don't know what this fucking guy gave maybe it was like ghb or something and you, no, took, that, and you took two hits i mean whatever yeah, it wasn't was. enough yeah who knows what it was uh i'm pretty so sure you decided to take point, two of them you doubled you doubled your dosage buddy i'm an addict i'm not taking one of anything <laughs> uh, I, i've been sober for 13 years for a reason uh and yeah so i I had to, and it was like a hot day also. And I like washed it. But so that's the thing. When, when you piss your pants, what do you do? Right. All you can do, you either dry it. So you've got dried piss on your pants and it's going to smell to high heavens or make it wetter. To so it, it, at least it's a, a water stain. So I, oh, not wearing undies at this time. That was a phase. So I basically just like, took them off i'm like naked with a leg immobilizer as all these hippies are going in and out to take a piss and like washing these pants in the sink and then or these shorts and just had to spend like the rest of this hour miserable wet and dazed and like also never hallucinated there was there was no tripping <laughs> i have a similar story is the chick oh, hold on a second is the, is the chick still with you I mean, it was like a group of, of people, you know, like we went, it was a bunch of us, but uh, needless to say, I did not close that deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went to see uh, Alice Cooper and Motley Crue probably maybe four years ago, five years ago when they were on tour together. That, that was and, a farewell tour. Yeah. And I was at PNC and I was getting just fucking annihilated in the parking lot. And Alice goes on and like now I'm, we're staggering in and I'm fucking wrecked. I'm absolutely wrecked. And I remember just walking in there with like a huge bag of potato chips. Right. And I go, I wanted to be a bag of potatoes so bad. <laughs> just, <laughs> just fucking holding it. Yeah. Just 10 pounds. It was great. So like, I'm, I, now I'm like, I have to piss now when I have to go, I, the world stops. And I don't care if I'm on, I'm on the fucking BQE. I will park, stop my car and just whip it out and pee. Now I, I have to really piss. And I can remember wearing a gaslight Anthem t-shirt and it was very, very long. It was a long t-shirt. I'm like six, three. So like if I can buy a tall shirt, I will. So I get this fucking shirt. I'm stumbling to the bathroom and I pull my shorts down to piss, but I didn't lift the shirt up. Cause like the shirt was like halfway down to the shorts and I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm holding it and I'm like, I don't hear anything going in. And I just <laughs> all over the shirt. Like it was it's, just fucking horrific. So it's like just waking go, up like as, as the shirt. Yes, absorbs it was, just, it. It was okay. just rising all the way up. So Defying like I, gravity, I look down, I'm like, ah, shit. So then I go, I walk out, I have my pissy shirt and, <laughs> 
I go to the merch booth and I go, what size shirts do you go up to? And she goes, I have these in three X. I go, I'll take that shirt in three X. So here I am. I'm ripping off my piss shirt and there's pee just flying everywhere. Cause I'm ripping it off. Like, this. <laughs> like now I'm sure yeah. in the middle of fucking pee is ringing it out. Oh, it was gross. Everybody's just looking at me. I'm fucking getting undressed at PNC. I'm putting on this Motley Crue shirt. So now I'm carrying like my piss shirt and my potato chips. And I start walking to the lawn where everybody was sitting. And as soon as I sat down, I had this like moment of clarity. And I was like, wait a minute. They had two shirts in a three X. This could happen again. Let me go back and buy the other <laughs> shirt just to be safe. So I actually walked back and bought the other shirt drunk off my ass. I spent $90. on. I was going to guess $90. <laughs> they were $45 a piece. So they charge you extra for the, for the plus size shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, I mean, I, I just was sitting there eating fucking potato chips with like my $90 t-shirts. It was so horrible. That's hilarious. <laughs> but they don't sell, there's no merch shorts. Yeah. No, that would have been a beautiful never see, You never see pants. That's yeah. never part of the merch. When hey, you go you guys to have pants, drawers, I- that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> When you go to uh, PNC, like the, the, the trick is like, you know, uh, if you're going to pee and you don't want to wait and, or you don't want to miss a song, what you do is you wait for like a really good song. So if it's like Molly Crew and they're going to do Dr. Feel Good, everyone's like standing up and everyone's into it. That's when you like you take out, you know, you always get a beer and you get you, you finish your beer and you save the cup. And then you pee while everyone is like watching Dr. Feel Good. And then you take that cup and you put it in front of the seat in front of you. Or you cannot be a dirtbag and walk to the fucking bathroom too. <laughs> oh no, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss the concert. You don't do that. Uh, I mean, the Jersey <laughs> move is just to pee off the fucking balcony. So yeah. I, I think you're all right. <laughs> What's your what now? Is that your monster story? The fish story? No, no, no. He has a, he has a great one. He has a so, great one. Okay, so yeah, we've we, we've teased it long enough. Um, so. I I truly think that I went to the worst concert ever held on American soil. Um, It was the, it was, I I know this about the event. It was the first attempted ever pay-per-view cable concert for the American debut of David Hasselhoff. Ooh. And yeah, it was, uh, so the, the, the way that I wound up roped into it as did probably 50 kids from my high school was that this like popular girl, her mom worked for Trump. And so I grew up near Atlantic city. Right. So, and it was at, I think it was at the Trump castle. That's what I want to say. And the Trump, uh, castle, know, the, the Trump Marina, it was one of the two. Whichever one had the had the concert venue. Marina had the concert. Yeah. Okay. Then it was Marina, and her mom's job was like you know audience coordinator or something something akin to that. So she got fifty kids from the high school to go to agree to go, and the so it was it was coming off of I so. It was my junior year. So this was 95, 94, 95. Yeah. And um, it was, it was after it like the show was ending. Baywatch was ending. So they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to capture his popularity from the show combined with the heat that he's already got in Germany as a musician and the Hoff will be born. Right. And, this concert was so fucking bad. Well, it was so poorly attended, first of all, that they kept doing they, they, – they, so there was literally cardboard cutouts of, of people in, like the, like, the back three rows, and they had, like, a really small section of, of the kids that were, you know, that were supposed to be the fans for, for TV purposes. Huh? No. They couldn't pay for the room? I mean, I'm sure they papered it some, but there was card. I know for a fact Ooh, there was cardboard cutouts. And they they kept doing like swing buys of you know like the the, the camera would go past all the kids and uh, and they'd be like, okay, go nuts. Ah! <laughs> and then be like, and then they're like, okay, we need you guys to all switch around so it looks different. 
And then, and then at one point, one of the audience coordinators is like, okay, um, can anybody here, any of the girls, can you cry? And we all look at this girl who's like, you know, Miss Drama Club, who actually, she went on to, to, to be Miss Saigon, but uh, this Filipino girl, she's like, I can cry. Great. So they do like a few takes of her crying and they splice this in for when David first appears. They're like making their Beatles moment. But uh, Trump was definitely there with Marla Maples. And I know that it was, he was married to Marla Maples at the time because Marla went on stage with the Hoff and did a fucking duet. Uh, and she's not I, a singer. She's far, not a singer. As, as, from what I saw, not much of a singer, but they did some, you know, some type of like back and forth call and response singing to each other duet that was sickening. But like, it was so funny because like, you know, when, when Hasselhoff was doing his, uh, like whatever his big, well, he did the song from Baywatch, right? Like the theme song. Okay. He definitely did that song, which, Sean, this is the one that I want to know if you know the name of that song. Okay. No. Uh, okay. If, if you're, did you watch so, Baywatch, Sean? Very rarely. Like, little, little bits and pieces here. I never saw one episode. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering oh. if it was up again, like, if your savantism somehow <laughs> <laughs> was dialed into Hoff songs. But he was doing, like, he, he so, like, he would he would sing and then it would get to the chorus and he would like put the mic out to us and we're all because he, and he's used to being Germany famous and he would put it out to all the high school kids and we're just like yeah we don't we don't know the song dude like he was legit bombing at his own concert but um, Hobie who played his son on the show if you'll remember okay he came out and did this uh, what's the like, hey, kid, rock and roll. Rock, rock on. on. Rock on. Yeah, so, yeah, he came out and did a cover of that. And it was like legitimately the highlight of the show. But then he proceeded to start rapping. And it was just like, nope. <laughs> Cody couldn't rap? Cody, Hobie. I believe Hobie, it was Hobie. Hobie. No, Hobie, yeah. Of of all the guys in the world named Hobie, I will bet to say that none of them are great lyricists. But uh, so it it was just two hours of just dog shit, right? So, but mind you, this is a, a pay per view event. It was up against, uh, I think, Knicks Bulls game six. I might be wrong. It was definitely a game. It was a huge game six for somebody, but more importantly, it was up against the single. Okay. It was the day. Here's the trivia for it. The day where the most Domino's pizzas were ever sold on a non Super Bowl Sunday. How do you know that? Because we're talking about the day that OJ ran. Uh, <laughs> So that was oh, so that's ninety five. I know the game. It, it, it was it was in June, and it wasn't Knicks Bulls. It was Knicks uh, Rockets. Okay. Yes, yep. I, I I accept your your knowledge. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I I amend my story, but so we get back into the. My mom picks me. I'm young enough that like my mom has to pick me up, and and we're like it's me and a friend, and like all we want to do is just trash this thing, and like the second we get in the car, she's like shh. He's running. Like who? She's like, OJ, he's running. Like, what are you talking about? Like, OJ killed his wife. He's running. Everybody's watching. I, 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 we got to get home. <laughs> like, like, we weren't allowed to talk at all on the way back because my mom couldn't wait to get back and watch OJ. What time run did more. this concert start? Um, I don't I know, man. Seven. Yeah, it probably was. Like, you don't know how bad I almost pulled the trigger on buying the new David Hasselhoff record that came out last year. Because he put you because he put I've been seeing ads on Facebook constantly. He put out a real like death metal album. Like, wow. It's, yeah, yeah, so, it's, did, so did Pat Boone put out a heavy metal. No, record. but that's different. Like the Pat Boone was like kind of like a weird like he would do Enter Sandman and like it was. The, the, the arrangements were like a little off. This was like a professional metal band who was backing him, like one of those European speed metal bands. And which like is Norwegians. 
Yeah, with just him singing. And like that, the package was you couldn't just buy like the CD. You had to buy like this. Like Romstein Beckham? No, kind of like, you know, one of those like Symphony X, like those those weird prog rock, like those those progressive metal bands. Celtic Frost. Yeah, something like that. And it's like this weird, like the music is fantastic. It's it's heavy, it's melodic. And then you hear this jerk off just start singing. And like he's, he's not even like trying to do like a death metal growl or anything. He's just like being David Hasselhoff over these goddamn amazing songs. But and like, he's like... 67 oh easy and you couldn't buy just the cd like you had to buy a bundle it was like a cd a shirt an autographed poster it was like a hundred dollars i was like if i can just get the cd for 20 that would make just a great story but i'm not i'm not investing a hundred dollars into that asshole's career yeah but yeah so apparently they literally sold like 10 pay-per-view like it, the the, the <laughs> night lost millions of dollars <laughs> that's great yeah and that's why i bring that story up on dates <laughs> that's i hope hasselhoff didn't take the points on that yeah right like, you know i fuck the guarantee money i'll take the points on the pay-per-view oh uh, he took the points i mean uh, you know how yeah. confident that dude was in 95 yeah right yeah you're absolutely right before we <sighs> saw him eating a in and out burger shirtless on the floor oh <laughs> One of the greatest. Uh, that that is a bad, bad concert, Richie. You know, yes. I don't think any of us are going to be able to top that tonight. No, it's tough that's to it. I tapped out. But, but uh, if, listen, man, we we really want to thank you very much for coming on to the show. We, you know, that that that's a good story. That alone is worth the price of admission. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate so, you. So, what do you got going on? You know, b- before we wrap this up, what's what's going on in your life? What's going on in your career? You know, what and how could our fans find you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find me. Everything is at Richie Redding. I have a podcast that I do with my girlfriend, Dr. Lisa Lippman, that is called We Don't Deserve Dogs. And uh, I do a ton of corporate shows and I have a, a company, I have a comedy consulting company called Funnier Than You Are. And uh, we help brands that are trying to create funnier content to connect with their clients and audience. That's cool. That's a great thing, man. Richie is definitely you get a chance to see Richie Redding by all means do so. He is definitely one of the best comics I've ever seen. Uh, Rich, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. Sean, you're going to a concert tonight. Who are you going to see? I'm going to see my friends in uh, War for the Crown. Uh, they, they have a great podcast called Not These Two Fucking Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a seriously good podcast. They have amazing guests on. I mean, we, we've had some great guests and they, have, they also... Uh, pull out a lot of great guests so uh, i'll also plug a show too i'm uh, i'm going to be headlining mohegan sun on saturday august 21st so if you guys have uh, cool. ticket wants you can just message me and i'll direct you to the right way to get them all right cool and we will bring that up again all right guys thank you so much for tuning to who's your band we'll catch you next week we have another great show lined up uh good night everybody take care thanks again rich thanks guys i'll see you